The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, September 4th. I'm your host, Terry Aranga, here with my guests, Beacon Day School founder, Dr. Mary Joanne Lang, and Chief Operating Officer, Mr. Edward Miguel. Our topic today is a serious one, the crisis in adult care, what's coming, and what you can do for your loved one on the spectrum, and what can you do now to ensure a safe, respectful education, especially in the face of so many stories of abuse across the nation? Thankfully, there are people who care to provide gentle, helpful learning and living environments. And we welcome you, Dr. Lang and Mr. Miguel. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us on. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing this information with our listeners that we're about to learn about. Dr. Lang, you think that there's a crisis in adult care currently or coming up for individuals with autism. Why is that? Well, as uh, we know, that the school districts are responsible up to the age of 22. After that, um, and I will speak in California, the regional centers, as they're called, are supposed to assume that responsibility. It will be different in different states how it's managed, so I wouldn't want to speak. This is not necessarily for every state in the union. But what I do know for every state in the union, that we're all in a big financial crisis and the funding for individuals with disabilities is certainly uh, drying up. So uh, we're going to have a large number of, of, of individuals with autism and other disabilities for that matter who are going to be aging out and there is there are limited, if any, programs for them to move into that will uh, enhance their quality of life, support their independence, but most of all, be lifelong because you don't want to be faced with a situation where your loved one is 59 or 60 and suddenly there is no no place for them to go in the community in which they have lived for maybe 30 years. Right. So what you've described here, Dr. Lang, is a doubly wide gap where the population of special needs individuals is increasing significantly and the money, the funds, are decreasing significantly. Now, I say doubly wide gap, but it's doubly 
worldwide of astronomical proportions. Mr. Miguel, I understand that you and Dr. Lang are interested in helping the adult population. So when you and Dr. Lang started thinking about serving adults in an expanded way, what did you think were the most important questions to ask and address? Well, for me personally, you know, what I had to uh, begin to understand is, you know, what the what the parent goes through, the parent of the adult with special needs. And fortunately enough, uh, Dr. Lang has been through that. Uh, she has a disabled daughter. So we, I've gotten a lot of information, and we've kind of uh, spoken about the experiences that she's had and really – uh, been able to anticipate what uh, the experiences of other parents are. So then what we did was we looked at what what someone else's life was like, someone someone that doesn't have special needs, and, you know, what, what kinds of things make a quality of life. So we want to address, you know, lifelong living communities, uh, healthy activities, contributing to uh, the, the common good of society, those kinds of things. And um, when, when you kind of put that all together, you, you realize that, you know, anybody with special needs should be able to go to a place and call it home and expect to live out their years there. Um, but the trouble is, is that when we look around, like Dr. Lang was saying, there's just not a lot out there. So we really need to take this as a, on a step-by-step basis and do very similarly to what we do here at Beacon. And look at each adult individually and see what their skills are, see what their needs are, what their goals are, what they want to achieve, and one at a time um, add these adults into a community where they can grow over the years and be a part of something that's much bigger than themselves, but uh, that helps everyone that's involved. So going into this adult program, thinking about it, you are coming into it with a philosophy of respect. You're asking the question, how is everyone else living? And I must say that that respect really comes through at Beacon and just the love uh, behind what Beacon is doing. So, Dr. Lang, what is the situation with available resources for the adult population? Well, again, I can only speak in California and um, it's very, very limited. The reason that it's limited is the Department of, Dis- uh, Department of Disabilities has cut funding for adult programs, and because it's cut funding, it's very difficult to find uh, people who are educated in understanding developmental disabilities to work for the sum of money that the regional centers can and will pay. And, of course, you cannot, if you take state money, you cannot ask parents for uh, additional funding. You may be able to ask for donations, but that doesn't guarantee that you will have enough uh, sufficient funds to carry out a, a quality day program, never mind a quality residential program and especially one that looks at the the whole person and the person's unique needs, as uh, Mr. Miguel described. You know, I looked in the classified ads recently, and um, there was uh, descriptive information about available employment with special needs individuals, and it described the types of tasks 
the person working with the special needs individual would need to do. And, um, you know, there was some uh, important and rigorous stuff on there. And then the pay came across, and it was, it, it was piddly. How, can, how will parents know that they are going to have qualified, caring caregivers for their loved ones now and into the future uh, with those types of economics. Here we're giving you a really important job caring for someone who's vulnerable and has some unique needs, and uh, we're going to pay you next to nothing for it. So what is the lifetime cost for a person on the spectrum? How high is it? Well, it depends on uh, a lot of things. Uh, Let's just take the biological needs of the uh, individual because they may have seizures or uh, allergies or gastrointestinal problems, and you have to plan till uh, the suggested age is 75. So you have to plan for every x-ray, every doctor's visit, um, all that kind of thing. So you put the physiological needs aside, then you have to, you have uh, the psychological needs of of um, love and and belonging to a community. So that means that you're caring for other people, and 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 the social needs. So they need uh, you need to have a community that is in a place where um, all the 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 total. Uh, individual is taken into into consideration if you have no government funding and there's no support you're looking at an estimate of 3 to 4 million dollars now when i and i have to admit uh, that I was uh, taken back because I thought I had done reasonably well. But when I did a life care plan, it uh, and you put down, you know, the, you know, just going to the doctor once a year for a routine physical, and you begin to add it all up for 75 years. Never mind the cost of living increases; it becomes a staggering number. All right, so, you know, Beacon has integrative education, and now you're looking at the adult in an integrative way in a comprehensive setting, their um, social, emotional, psychological, physiological needs, and, and that's a good way to look at it. And you're mentioning costs. You know, the copay for their anti-epileptics, you mentioned seizures, could be $10 one month and then $40 the next month. So how far ahead does a parent need to think about their loved one's needs? Well, um, (laughs) I wish I had been that smart, but really, if you know your child has a disability, let's say your child is diagnosed with autism at around age two, then you should, uh, it, it would be advantageous to start planning when the child is two. Um, Most people are so caught up, and rightfully so, in the diagnosis that they don't think about what's going to happen when that child is 70. And that's typical of... uh, of families that have neurotypical children too they aren't they don't necessarily plan at age 2 some some do but a lot of people don't so 
uh, early planning is, I think, the way to go. But I have to, again, admit my my own shortcomings and say that I did not do a very good job of that because I was so caught up in the immediate needs of my daughter, Jessica, who happens to be 31, that I didn't uh, think of what it would be like for her if I wasn't around. And I think it's become more and more apparent that you cannot rely on government entitlements to to, uh, provide a quality of life that you would like to see for your individual uh, family member with disabilities. Right. We're talking about planning ahead, and uh, I had a a saying that uh, the best time to start special education with your child is before uh, before you know they need it. Like, even with a neurotypical child, the principles of ABA, applied behavior analysis, are good. When I right. started using them with my own child, I'm like, okay, this is good stuff. You know, everybody should be using this with their children. Now, some children are reclassified. Um, some children do lose the diagnosis of autism, but start saving anyway. When you get that diagnosis, start saving anyway. You know, what could it hurt? So you're talking about things like life planning and uncertainties uh, in the future concerning economics, insurance, and quality of caregiving. Uh, So how can a parent, especially a deceased parent, possibly plan for stability in an economic earthquake zone? Let's talk about life care planning. Well, um, I think there there are um, companies, banks that have uh, that have trust departments that can um, manage funds for you. The uh, problem with those banks, and um, I called one because when I was setting up my will, and I was. I was told to call one to find out what they need. Well, they won't even talk to you unless you have three or four million dollars to already set aside because their advantage in um, managing your money is that they get to use it and make profit off of it. So, and their, and their uh, job would be to dole out the money as um, as the person with special needs needs it, the issue comes is do they does that person always understand the the needs and the unique needs of that individual okay so, so let 's pick up with that when we come back from break. A really important topic, life care planning. We're going to take a brief break and come back with Dr. Mary Joanne Lang and Mr. Edward Miguel here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to this program's sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? 
Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Beacon Day School founder, Dr. Mary Joanne Lang, and Chief Operating Officer, Mr. Edward Miguel. And the website is www.beacondayschool.com. Really easy to remember, B-E-A-C-O-N, BeaconDaySchool.com, and we are talking about life care planning right now. And Dr. Lang, before the break, we were about to get into uh, a productive way for parents to get started with life care planning and who the team members are. Well, one of the first things you have to do is make a list of Let's take, for example, the physiological needs of your child. And let's say your child has seizures, so your child is on seizure medication. So, uh, you know, nothing is, is absolute. So the seizures may go away or the diagnosis may go away. But that doesn't mean that the child does, <laughs> will not have some continuing unique needs. So nothing is firm, and the life care plan is a dynamic document, meaning that it can change. So you start out with physiological needs, the special diets, the uh, medications, anything that the child may need now, and you project out... um, as far as as far as you uh, feel comfortable, let's say you project out to age 22, which would be taken care of by the school district, theoretically, and then after 22 uh, is when the crisis is, and uh, you know, to the best of your ability, you keep making notes and and planning. So you do that, and and then you look at physiological, psychological, social needs. Um, things that should not be forgotten are OT, PT, um, spe- uh, speech and language services, social skills, uh, job coaches. All those things need to be listed down. 
then there are people who are certified life care planners, and that's all they do is is develop these life care plans and will help you to refine uh, the information that you come with and and will uh, and they will work with an economist to project out how much that will cost uh, to age seventy five so that's the ideal way, or if there is an ideal way, because I'm not sure there's an absolute ideal way, but uh, the life care planners, and there are certified life care planners, and you can look that up on the web, and I'm not sure their website, but um, I can uh, get that for you, and um, they are the most knowledgeable. So you're talking about projecting something out to 75 years so that if you save, you know, the retirement figures used to be that you should save up $600,000. So you're going to have an economist project out to the future how much that $2 tube of toothpaste is going to cost 75 years from now, uh, probably that's, about $49.95. Uh, yes, that's correct. Just not only the price of items, but the, then the support staff. Can you please share with listeners, Dr. Lang, how much it costs for your adult daughter to go to SeaWorld? Oh, well, I'm sure um, it costs around $75 for a day. The same is true as Disneyland and um, these other um, parks like that. So... Um, you want the experience of the uh, person that has the disability to be similar to experiences of neurotypical children and families. So they like to, um, my daughter loves to go to Disneyland, loves to go to SeaWorld, um, has, has, wants to go to a dance, has, um, uh, is, we're developing a rich social life for her. And all those things cost money. And you, you may not think the $75 is a lot now, but with the cost of living, uh, um, going up, you're gonna have, that's gonna cost a lot more in the future. Right. And then there's the support staff to support the individual in being able to have these these neurotypical and life enrichment experiences. Just like was said earlier, how is everyone else living and special needs individuals have the right to that as well? Well, because, um, and I'll use my daughter Jessica as an example, she is, she uh, has... um, good social skills, but she cannot discriminate sometimes between what is a, a dangerous situation and what is not. So you can never send them. I, I could not send her alone to Disneyland without someone with her because it, it's she may be innocent, it's, it's everybody else. And so you have to um you you have to take the necessary precautions for again the physical safety of the person the psychological safety you don't want them to be encountering things that are going to be emotionally harmful or that they may be afraid of 
and and have and and have a good time and a social experience with others. If, if parents say you know wanted to have a date or actually you know go someplace with each other for two days, you know you need support staff. Not only do you need one person, uh, one caregiver. But then you need another caregiver to spot that caregiver because the first caregiver can't possibly be up 24 hours, and you want people who are alert taking care of your loved one. So Correct. This well, would... Go ahead. I sent, I sent Jessica to camp this summer with a local agency, um, and it was a positive experience, but because I wanted her to have... Uh, I, wa- I wanted to make sure that she was safe. It cost the camp cost an extra thousand dollars. Oh my! So um, you know, I I paid it, but um, that's what you're looking at. And how because vulnerable the people have to be paid appropriately. Absolutely, we want that. And how vulnerable is this population? What are the dangers to the special needs population if we do not take measures to create safe environments for them? Well, 50% of disabled individuals are abused in some way. A majority of them are abused sexually, uh, emotionally, physically, because they really, one of the reasons they're so vulnerable is they can't communicate in an effective manner, and sometimes people don't believe them. Uh, so you have to, um, they're, they're just incredibly vulnerable. Things that you don't even know, for example, I'll use Jessica doesn't like scary movies. Well, if you take her to a, a scary movie, then you're going to have a reaction to that when she gets home because then she'll be afraid to go into her room by herself. Mm-hmm. And those are important things, I would imagine, to put into the life care plan. So in your lecture at Autism One, Dr. Lang, you even mentioned a Social Security attorney to safeguard um, getting these additional funds from Social Security for the individual? Well, Social Security and entitlements are very complicated, and I don't want to assume that I am, uh, you know, an expert, but it's very important to go to a Social Security attorney to make sure that your uh, your loved one gets the uh, entitlements that uh, they they need. And um, if you, for example, you need to have a special needs trust rather than putting money in your, like in Jessica's name, because if you have, it's my understanding, and uh, the caveat here is I'm not a special needs attorney, is that if you have over $2,000 in an account, then uh, you will lose some of your entitlements of Social Security and SSI and all things like that. So understanding that and making sure that your child has that along with um, health care um, because Medicare uh, can provide health insurance. And if you try to pay 
uh, um, the commercial health insurance policies, it becomes very expensive very quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And someone gave me a heads up yesterday about irrevocable trust being a no-no, and uh, I hope that uh, you, Dr. Lang, and Mr. Miguel will be able to talk with that uh, person on a future show uh, about the, the different kinds of options that are good and that are available. So we're going to take a brief break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, and we will be back with Mr. Edward Miguel and Dr. Mary Joanne Lang of Beacon Day School. The website is www.beacondayschool.com if you'd like to look at that during the break. Thank you to our sponsors, Oxy Health and Superberries. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for new reflections featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We've been talking about the crisis in adult care as well as life care planning with Beacon Day School founder Dr. Mary Joanne Lang and Chief Operating Officer Mr. Edward Miguel. And I'd like uh, the two of you, please, to take this opportunity to sum up what you think are the most surprising and least known, yet very important, facts that parents must know, um, and then continue on to what your visions and priorities are for adult care. And I know that you wanted to also talk about in-home care and uh, how a placement should have stability. Well, I'll start because I have my daughter, Jessica, and I think the most um, surprise, there were two surprising things for me. The first is when Jessica was born, obviously, 30 years ago, um, very little, the pediatricians 
uh, really didn't know very much about developmental disabilities and were essentially not very useful. Um, I, I, the good medical schools and the good medical centers have um, departments of, of development, um, but not all uh, pediatric hospitals have that. And it's very important to be connected to a facility where you're going to get support um, for the medical care and the psychological and social care that their child needs. The other thing that really shocked me was the amount of money because it, unfortunately, even if you got uh, some funding here, uh, like in California from the regional centers, it's still not enough. Mm-hmm. So those two things combined uh, were hard lessons for me. Uh, the, the other piece of it, and this I will turn over to Mr. McGill, is the issues about the in-home program and the continuity of care that that is so critical for to meet the unique needs of these individuals. When when we talk about in-home care, I think there's two ways that parents go about it. Uh, sometimes parents elect because there may be an immediate cost savings to just hire their own staff members uh, that they are either familiar with or people that res- respond to ads such as in the classifieds. But the, the issue with that um, for parents is then they become an employer. And a lot of parents, because they are raising a, a disabled individual and also probably work full-time jobs, don't have time to go and learn about how to be an employment attorney. So you deal with issues like how many hours can this person work, and if you're going on that trip that you were talking about, Terry, where people are there for 24 hours, how you divide those hours up, and when you become liable um, for paying overtime and things like that. So that becomes a difficult situation. And in that regard, parents oftentimes then, you know, resort to um, getting uh, put in touch with agencies that provide that kind of care through um, uh, umbrella agency like the regional center here in California. And um, in those cases, you have a lot of inconsistency as well because of the lack of funding. When there's a a lesser amount of funding, you have a lot of turnover in staff members. Mm -hmm. And when you have a lot of turnover in staff members, you don't have consistency in the home, and you don't have that bridge that should be built between what's going on in the home and what's going on at school. And continuity of care, whether it's educational or social, is so crucial for these adults and children so that they can learn to maintain the uh, appropriate behaviors and the appropriate skills that are needed to live out uh, life successfully. Um, with this, With this issue of insurance, um, right now it's a bit chaotic. I mean, a lot of agencies have filled out the necessary forms and become providers under insurance umbrellas and things like that. But because there wasn't an effective and streamlined transition, there are still parents that are kind of left in limbo. They're either getting letters from their insurance companies saying that they they 
won't fund the uh, supports that are needed, or they're finding out that they have deductibles of thousands and thousands of dollars before that they can, before they can get insurance care. And this right. is what we really have to look at. Right, and and I I hope to hear uh, more about that on a future show that you, Mr. Miguel, and Dr. Lang uh, host as well, and think about uh, what's going to be with that, uh, you know, 50 years from now. What's going to be happening with my adult child 50 years ago, 50 years from now? Um, what kind of services are going to be available? Well, of course, with the budgetary cuts, the um, the entitlements um, people some some people want to take away, and yet philosophically, I I believe, and I believe that Mr. Miguel believes that um, individuals with disabilities and um, autism can lead productive. Um, and be productive and have a high quality of life and be contributing member of society. Uh, and that includes paying taxes and their fair share. Some will and some won't. But the idea is to um, have, to give them the opportunity to learn and to be able to uh, be productive and have a high quality of life. I don't know. Do you want to add something to that, Mr. McGill? Yes. I mean, when you talk about visions and you know the future, I think you know, it goes back to starting from the ground level. You know what the philosophy is, and and what what I think any organization that looks to serve individuals uh, with disabilities or um, individuals with other needs, they need to look at sustainability. and They need to look at the fact that it's not optional to just pack up and, you know, stop doing what you need to do. Um, when we talk about serving adults with autism and, and other related disorders, you know, we, Dr. Lang and I are looking at a self-sustainable program and a, and a program that has that community that consists of accountability within that community. You have a, when you have a group of qualified team members that work for the greater good of the individuals that they serve, they keep each other accountable as well. And then in a community environment, there's less turnover because of that attachment to that community. So you have that staff retention where, where you can achieve that consistency and that sustainability. So that's what we're looking for in our, for our own vision is something that goes on longer than we're around. I and love it. With Sustainability, that, community, accountability. I love right. it. And we know that before the ASD individual reaches adulthood, we need to build up their skills as much as possible. And we know that you have a track record of helping individuals on the autism spectrum. So this is where programs that that you uh, oversee come in. So, Mr. Miguel, what is Beacon Day School's philosophy for how ASD individuals should be treated, and what age groups does Beacon serve? Well, you know, I'm very grateful to Dr. Lang for this, but uh, Beacon Day School really embraces um, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act in that all of our 
all of our students are entitled to individualized educational care, and starting with an individualized education plan, or IEP. Uh, at Beacon Day School, what we do is we create individual plans for every single student we start from scratch every single time. We don't go to a goal bank. We don't, uh, you know, use the same template for, for other students. We really start from scratch and get to know these students as soon as they walk into the door so we can find out what, where, how they're unique, what skills they have, and then we allow them to capitalize on those skills so that they can be happy and experience success. Okay, and Beacon has some innovations in technology in place. Right. Uh, you know, there's a there's a great quote uh, that I heard, and it's it, uh, it was an anonymous quote, but it, it it says, "Do not confine our children to our own learning, for they were born in another time." And uh, there's an author by the name of Mark Prinsky that classifies our our students. Um, nowadays as digital natives, whereas people like myself and Dr. Lang are probably more digital immigrants. So what we're doing here is we're looking at our students as these digital natives and we're realizing that technology really motivates learning. And uh, things like the iPad and different applications on the iPad, we have students communicating using the iPad. And one of the things that we've done is in order to motivate students to communicate through the iPad, we've actually facilitated groups where everyone is communicating through the iPad. So there's a common communication uh, mode, and that allows students to feel a part of the group, even though they communicate in a different manner. And, That's and, and very embrace cool. This. And you have something that really helps parents, too. You have remote access. Um, yes. Do you want to talk, uh, Eddie, about our... Um, our other technology, how we can reach out to parents at home? Right. So in an effort to continue to build bridges so that we have that consistency between home and school, we, we offer uh, parents the opportunity to remotely observe their students and uh, see them essentially in action at school and see the types of things that they can do. One of the things that we struggle with is a, is a crossover between home and school. Sometimes students will do things at school that they won't do at home and vice versa. And you know, the traditional way to show parents things would be to bring them actually in the classroom. But unfortunately, um, in many cases, that could be what's known as a triggering event uh, in applied behavior analysis and that the, the student doesn't feel uh, like the environment's the same environment and essentially will not um, do the same things they would normally do if the parents weren't present. So being able to allow parents to access their students' learning outside of the classroom really helps them to understand the things that are going on in the school setting. And um, I like the fact that you're saying that, you know, parents can have remote access to see what's going on in the school setting. I've toured Beacon, and it is light and bright and open and airy. There's friendly, gentle staff. And um, just to let listeners know, there's some cool events coming up there, so please visit the Beacon Day School website at www.beacondayschool.com. And another really important feature is that for students with special medical needs, you have nurses. 
Yes, we yes. do. And our, our founder is a uh, nurse practitioner as well, so she's able to supervise those nurses. But uh, the importance of having nurses is really have a uh, – a well-rounded knowledge of our students and understanding, you know, when we have students that cannot communicate if their stomach hurts and things like that, we have our nurses that, uh, you know, give them a, a quick checkup every day to make sure that they're feeling okay so that we can, you know, factor in any differences in their behavior and make sure that we're supportive and nurturing to them throughout their day. Absolutely. You know, Dr. Lang, I guess we didn't mention how many hats you do wear, um, DCBAD, nurse, psychologist, uh, parent to a special needs individual. So you really know about the things we're talking about. Well, I've, I've, um, it, it's been a lifelong project and, and a lifelong endeavor, and it is such um It's such a wonderful um, opportunity, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to see Beacon Day School and other projects um, grow. So, um, because it's not for my benefit, it's really for the benefit of others, and I, I just enjoy their success. Well, you, you know it, you've lived it, you've loved it, you've shared it, you're wanting to share it, and there are programs for all levels available, and we'll talk about that more in a minute. So, Mr. Miguel, Beacon offers integrative education, correct? Yes, we do, and, you know, that emphasizes on uh, a variety of factors, including cognition, academic achievement, adaptive behavior, social skills, and health. And, you know, I consider uh, our founder, Dr. Lang, to have essentially a full deck of cards and basically uh, we we want to give our students a full deck of cards as well by taking into account all of of their their features and um, have a full understanding of what's going what's going on in them and then d- developing a plan that is integrative that ties all of that in so that they're not learning separate things at separate times they're they're constantly utilizing a variety of skills for example you know in a cooking lesson a student can learn vocational skill or domestic skills as well as work on their speech as well as work on their social skills because we do a cooking lesson in a group setting. So that's really, um, in a nutshell, the idea of integrative education is really tying in all the key features of what learning is and making sure that the students experience it. And you have a wonderful staff-to-student ratio, even in that big, lovely, uh, beautiful kitchen. Yes, we do. Uh, we actually have um, more staff members than students here, uh, and um, uh, our, our classroom numbers, we would never exceed 12 students in a classroom, and um, if a student doesn't have a one-to-one, we have a one-to-three ratio, so that means that it's, uh, it would be a teacher as well as an interventionist working with those three students, but primarily our students, because of their unique needs and because of our motivation to ensure that they're successful, they have one-on-one uh, interventionists that they're able to form relationships with, and uh, and we rotate those interventionists so that they can uh, generalize or practice those skills with different individuals and really diversify their experience. 
Well, when we come back from the break, we'll talk about other programs under the Beacon umbrella here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And we want to let listeners know that Dr. Lang's Life Planning and Behavior Management Lectures, Mr. Miguel's Applied Behavior Analysis Lecture, and Amy Motzinger's iPad and Visual Supports Lectures are available to be viewed at the Beacon Day School website at www.beacondayschool.com. Amy Motzinger, by the way, is the lead teacher, so please check those out. We'll be right back from break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you know the four major principles to healthy living? If we incorporate these principles in our everyday decisions, we could all live better and healthier lives. Tune in to The Joys of Healthy Living with your host, Dr. Ed Dodge. By tuning in each week, you can learn about the four principles for healthy living and how to incorporate them into your life. Dr. Dodge and his guest experts will share tips and discoveries from every aspect of health. The Joys of Healthy Living is broadcast live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Beacon Day School founder, Dr. Mary Joanne Lang, and Chief Operating Officer, Mr. Edward Miguel, and we've been talking about life care planning and the crisis that's coming up in adult care and their vision for what can be done about it. And that gets us into the next question. Are there other programs under the Beacon umbrella? Well, uh, Mr. Miguel and I have been dreaming for years about having an adult program that would be self-sustaining, that would carry um, individuals with disabilities through the lifespan, that would enhance their quality of life and um, have a real sense of community. In other words, it's not just a group home. It would be a community with wonderful uh, life experiences and yet individualize the uh, unique abilities that these students have. And we are, we, in that regard, we've started a nonprofit called Beacon Life Project, and we're looking around for uh, where we're going to establish that community. Eddie, do you want... Um, uh, to add any more to that? Yes, uh, just really quickly speaking uh, about those life experiences. You know, once 
once you get into this this field and you start serving individuals with disabilities and you see uh an adult or or even a teenager experience something for the first time that most kids experience when they're younger and you see them light up and uh you know with with happiness and uh even even sometimes verbalize their happiness um it it it's life changing for for those that are involved and we want to we really want to continue that and that's that's what we're looking to do and we do that um in in other settings as well we do that as part of our in-home program uh it's called basic a beacon autism spectrum independent center and then like dr lang said we also have um or our beginning um beacon life project uh which really you know it's 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 a it's a it's a blank canvas in a sense but we have the vision, we have the platform, we're ready to go, but we do need to uh, figure out where we're going to build this community that's going to last beyond our years. And we consequently, uh, these programs um, aren't our, our financial need finances, so we're also seeking how we can do this in the most cost-effective and efficient manner. And if uh, if people know those who can help or want to help point you in the right direction, where can they contact you? Uh, they can either contact uh, Mr. Miguel or myself at Beacon Day School. The phone number here is 714-288-4200. And uh, they we can also, they can also email me thrilled. from the Beacon Day School website. Okay. And I would just have to say that Whatever you're building, you know, this could be a dream come true for somebody's uh, child or children out there. I really appreciate your sincerity, doc, uh, Dr. Lang and Mr. Miguel. You know, I'll let listeners know that Dr. Lang shared a video with me um, that involved, um, you know, a resource for individuals on the autism spectrum. And um, as we looked at the video, Instead of saying, um, hey, you know, isn't that a great swimming pool for the kids? Or, hey, isn't that a, uh, a great, uh, you know, hippotherapy for the kids? She said, look at the love. She concentrated on the love. Dr. Lang concentrated on the love. And that's, that's what Beacon's about. It's about respectful, uh, integrative, education, respectful, kind, gentle, integrative education for children and now, uh, you know, and the other age groups and now moving into the adult population. So I just, I want to thank you, Dr. Lang and Mr. Miguel, for truly having a heart for children, adolescents, and adults with autism and prioritizing safe, gentle, and loving learning and living environments. Do you have any closing remarks? We, um, I just personally want to thank you, uh, Terry, for all the kindness you have shown Beacon Day School and your interest because uh, without you and your listeners, we would not be able to do what we do. And, I, again, I want to say thank you. Well, you are quite welcome. And Mr. McGill? I second that. Uh, thank you for having us on. It's, it's been an honor, and uh, we look forward to uh, speaking more with your listeners. Uh, uh, so please, uh, listeners, feel free to contact us anytime. Yes, thank absolutely. you very much, Terry. Please tune in as Dr. Lang and Mr. Miguel share a beacon of light and hope 
on Tuesday, September 25th at 12 noon Eastern with guests Michael Sanders, MBA, and Lisa Rudley, MBA, taking you in-depth toward knowing your life planning rights for a beloved ASD family member, and we plan on that being a regular feature every fourth Tuesday of the month with different experts on topics such as you heard in this program today. We want to thank this program's sponsors, OxyHealth and Superberries, and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.